Somebody did not like that given talk. I just found a pee, -pee up here. Who was that? Who tried to get scooped me, huh? It's going to take a little bit more than that, though. I'm going to turn your Bible back to 1 Corinthians 4. We'll read it again. Uh, just a few announcements. Next week, we do have our pop-up mail, our monthly pop-up mail. And, and so have a good time um, for that. And the plan is to have a vision Sunday. You know, like give out a vision for um, the year. And so just pray that the Lord gives that vision. Amen. Uh, otherwise, you know, maybe our theme will just be for the year. It's waiting on the Lord. Not a bad one. You know, the Bible talks about waiting on the Lord and... Uh, soaring like eagles, and I'm also um, next week. No, not next week. Today, right after church, we'll be having a, um, a, our annual business meeting, and so go over financial reports for over the past year, um, as well as um, confirmation vote on reappointing our current officers. And then um, in March, we do have um, a few things going on. We'll try to get them on the screens for next week. Um, next week. But um, we do have a ladies' park. Um, there is a men's um, rally as well. I know Carter Ropes to see if it's going to work out for us to go with that. It's on a Friday and a Saturday, um, the first Friday, Saturday of March. And then also, there's a couple's um, retreat going on in March. I believe it's the third um, Friday and Saturday. And then there's also the Ladies' Park in March, I believe. And so there's a lot going on. And so we might not do the men's rally. We'll see. Just don't want to make every single weekend in March um, taken. Candice, did you have something you were wanting to mention? Oh. Sometimes I just don't know when I sometimes I see a hand go up or whatever. going on in March. you got to say, some one of the weekends were a pop-up in March as well. First uh, Corinthians 4, it says, Let a man so account of us is of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judge of you or a man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges of me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring the light, the hidden things of darkness, and will manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Let's go before the Lord. Dear Holy Father, we just give you the praise that we're able to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Um, as you know, today I'm weary and tired, but Lord, in my weakness, you be shown strong, and um, your word would be magnified, and that we would all be challenged to live thereby. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, in our culture and day, many often think of faithfulness is a lost character trait. But in reality, faithfulness itself has not died. It has rather been misplaced. All of us are faithful to something. The problem with our faithfulness is the object of our faithfulness. And so it's not that we live in a society that people are no longer faithful. It's just they've changed the priorities of the types of things that they are faithful to. You know, many people of this world have no problem being faithful to their favorite football team every Sunday. Got faithful to it. Many got to watch their Packers lose again yesterday. From, from, from a block punt, a block kick. Some have no problem being faithful to their addictions, whether it be drugs or gambling in the casino or um, being immoral, uh, sexually immoral. And they have no problem being faithful in those things. You know, lost people are not the primary problem with misplaced faithfulness, though. It's as, as Christians that we've many times misplaced our priorities on what we choose to be faithful to. Now, I fully expect, and I think all of you would too, that an unbeliever, somebody who is not a Christian, to not come to church every week. But it'd be kind of odd for someone that's a non-believer to come to church faithfully every week, wouldn't it? You know, now we want to invite them to come. You know, just you know, you know, they may come once, and then maybe for the preaching, maybe they'll be convicted of their need for a savior. You know, it's no surprise when a lost person does not come to church. But it should not become our regular habit. Is a blood-bought redeemed. Um, Christian, being redeemed of the Lord. There ought to be a desire for us to be in the house of God. You guys are all here, so congratulations, amen. And you've been faithful on the church today. You know, you fully expect maybe an unsaved person to be addicted to a lifestyle of drugs. But it's not usually the lifestyle you would expect in a Christian's life. Now, does that happen? Yes, it does. You know that when Christians end up not being faithful to what they should be and end up being faithful to something else, end up feeding um, habits that will destroy you. But you know, of a Christian, we expect them to have, uh, to live as if the Holy Spirit really is living inside of them. You know, USA Today introduces a statistic that says 72% of people who claim to believe in a God or a higher or supreme being exists do not attend church even on, on holidays. And so this leaves 28% of people who claim to believe in God and do attend a local church on Sundays. So where has our faithfulness gone? Again, faithfulness did not disappear in our society. It's simply been misplaced with other things. You know, the Bible talks about with godly men 
a rightly placed faithfulness is rare. Go ahead and turn to Psalm 12 and also Proverbs chapter 20. If you're buying us a ribbon, you can put that in one passage and then turn to the other. Start with Psalm 12, 1. And the psalmist says, Help, Lord, for the godly man sees them, for the faithful fell from among the children of men. And there was a pandemic by being a lack of godly, faithful men. That is rare. Proverbs 20, verse 6, says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. It's a common trait. It's not often found in men. You know what? We often want to look at what we do well, we want to be seen in a positive light. But there is something different between just a man proclaiming his own goodness, as the Bible then says, but a faithful man who can find. A faithful man who can find. A just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So we see when there is a faithful man, when there is someone that's faithful to the right things, a just man that walks in his integrity, that walks with honesty, you know what? His children are blessed to have a father like that. It ends up being a blessing to them that his children end up being blessed. Now it does not benefit us to be unfaithful um, to God. No, there's a deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews um, 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin will take us further then we want to go. You know, sometimes it just comes in, it's just in little bite sizes. And then that sin develops into a stronger addiction. But here it talks about how our heart could end up developing an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Thanks be to God that, you know, He keeps our salvation secure in Christ. Just like Israel, you know, we could be in danger of that, you know, we, we are no longer following God closely, and we could be chastened. But God will bring us through trials that we would not need to go through if we had been faithful. Proverbs, Proverbs 28, 14 says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardened of his heart shall fall into mischief. Job 9.4, it says, He is a wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who have hardened himself against him and have prospered? Here the question is asked. 
Who has hardened their heart against God and has prospered them? That has been um, helpful for them. Proverbs 28.20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. The legacy of faithfulness is the accumulation of an entire life. And we're all a work still in progress. What are some things that are good things to be faithful to? Anybody? What are some good things to be faithful to in life? What? What? Absolutely. Very important. A good thing to be faithful to your wife. Anybody else? Family. Okay. Being faithful to your family. Anybody else? Any kids having? Solomon? Okay. Being faithful to God. Probably the most important. Um, what? I'm going to just give a list of a few, um, several different items. One of them would be to be faithful in our work. You know, the Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Um, and I know that when, we, when we're working, we should be doing it unto the glory of God. Ephesians 6, 5, it tells us, Service be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. And singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Okay, where one's a slave or someone's not a slave, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, being faithful. And then the Bible talks about that we're to do it not with eye services, men pleasers, that we're not to be doing the work we do um, as if only doing it when we know somebody's watching us. You know, they came out with a study, I don't remember how much money they spent on it, but it was a lot, but I could have gave them the answer without them spending that money. You know, they just paid me half of it, and I could have told them. But they say that you know, employees, you know, when they have someone watching them or have a camera that's watching them, they behave differently than when there's nobody watching them. I could have told them that. Man, they could save all that money. They just wanted to know if it was credible or not. You see, so while that study shows that you know people may behave differently in those type of environments, that shouldn't be the case with men and women of God. We ought to be faithful whether people are watching or not. Not to be doing it with eye service. That we don't do the work we do simply to try to please man, but to do it as unto the Lord. They know we're living for Him, living for His glory. You know, what we do in our work is a testimony about our faith, about what we believe. So we ought to be faithful in our work. We ought to be faithful in reading God's Word. 
LifeWay Research, research a statistic that declares that only 19% of churchgoers read their Bibles every day. Only one out of five Christians read their Bible regularly. How many problems and pitfalls do you think Christians could avoid if they simply read their Bible and applied it? Very basic Christianity 101. Okay? It's not that Christians, again, are unfaithful. It's just we've chosen to oftentimes be faithful in other things. And things that matter, like reading the Bible. Now, Deuteronomy 17 talks about for kings to even read and copy the Word of God. Now, the Bible says the laws to be our delight in Psalm 119, 143. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. Psalmist also said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Faithful to church, we kind of mentioned that already. When Hebrews 10, 25 is still in the Bible, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, is the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, we're to encourage one more and more to be in the house of God, to assemble, to come and worship the Lord together. Or to exhort one another in that. You know, the new trend in the world is that we can worship wherever we want. This is true. You know what okay, Jesus did say? Um, that it's not going to be about worshiping in this particular temple. But that it will be about worshiping in spirit and in truth. But that does not take away God's admonition to us to assemble, to come together as a church. Jesus died for the church. It's Jesus who established the church. To say we like Jesus but not the church is an oxymoron. But the church is the bride of Christ. Hebrews 10.25 talks about church attendance. But even more than that, it's talking about faithfulness. The writer says that we should be found assembling together more and more as we see the end drawing near. To be faithful unto the end. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about how we're one body, but there's many members, and then there's different spiritual gifts. There's different administrations, different op op operations, but the same Lord, the same God, and that He's given us all different spiritual gifts. And the spiritual gifts weren't for our own edification, but they were to edify the body at large, the rest of the church body. It's what God's given us our gifts for. Or to be faithful in our walk with the Lord. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But as he which have called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. The Bible describes our lifestyle with the word conversation. What do people hear 
when they look at our lives. We could very easily be faithful to read God's word, attend church, yet fail in our walk. It's easy to just drive up and show up to church. It's more challenging to walk faithfully. There are a lot of Christians who read their Bible, still pray, go up and attend church, but the world could, may see them as a faith because of how they live outside of church what their conversation, what their lifestyle is. Paul told the Ephesians in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherever you are called. As God has called us Christians, that we ought to walk worthy of that vocation. We all have a duty of striving to be better, to be a follower of Jesus. To, some of us may have the duty of being a better husband, a better father this year. Maybe to be a better co-worker. But we must decide personal. Everyone needs to make adjustments in times in their life. If we're more faithful to a group of our hunting buddies, but lose our wife or kids, we have chosen the wrong object of our faithfulness. That's not saying going hunting is bad. Just make sure you give pastor some, amen? You know, the, the priest would eat of the tithe of the offerings. And so go hunting, bring pastor some meat, amen? And your family, well, you get 90%, you give the pastor 10%. And you can give it an offering above that if you want an extra brisket or something like that. No, you know, being faithful to provide for your family is a good thing. But it's not going to be a good thing in the sense that we're faithful to some of our hobbies over the faithfulness of our family, or to being faithful to our family. We want to strive to be faithful in our witness. And telling others about our faith in Jesus Christ. And the book, The Unchurched, Next Door. Um, Tom Rainier writes, already uh, gave a statistic that 98% of churchgoers never extend a church invitation to a friend or family member. 98%. I don't know how they arrived at that statistic, but they do do research. But it's no wonder then that sometimes our churches maybe don't grow as we would like them to if 98% are not inviting people, are not sharing the gospel um, with people. Can you imagine if the 12 disciples had adopted that form of evangelism? That only 2% share the gospel. 1555, as part of her campaign to reestablish the Catholic Church in England, Queen Mary, also known as Bloody Mary, arranged for John Philpott, one of the leading Protestant ministers of the day, to be burned at the stake. When his death sentence was pronounced, Philpott said, I am ready 
God grant me strength and a joyful resurrection. He walked to the place of execution on his own rather than being dragged to it. And when he reached the stake, he knelt and kissed the stake in which he would be burned. That was faithfulness to the gospel. Faithfulness to his faith that he was willing to even be martyred because of it. Now this doesn't mean we go look and try to be martyrs on purpose. Okay? Think anyone that died as a martyr would rather, would rather say, I would have rather been alive and continue to tell people about Christ. But you know what? God's sovereignty, you know, many of them have carriers as martyrs, and that witness has spoken to many. It's mentioned already faithful to our wives, you know, faithful in our marriage. Go ahead and turn to Malachi. Malachi's in the Old Testament. Towards the back. Is the back. Malachi 2, verse 13. It says, And this having done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears and with weeping, and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or receiving it with goodwill in your hand. Yet you say, Wherefore? Okay, so you know, you're looking, looking at it, it's like, okay. Covered the altar with gifts, with offerings, um, with animal sacrifices, and like they've done this, but that God did not bless, that God did not regard it. And it says, Yea, he said, Wherefore? Because the Lord had been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the spirit, and wherefore one? That he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away for one cover of violence with his garments, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Be faithful in our marriage. No, many fail because they start out wrong. The Center for Family and Demographic Research within Bowling Green State University discovered in a study that married couples live longer and healthier lives than those who simply live together and have a sexual relationship without being married. There's a big difference on who is happier and who is not. Now there are a few keys to help enable us to be faithful in things. But to be a faithful steward and part of that is being faithful in the little things. Now the Bible talks about not despising the day of small 
things. Martin Luther said, even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my little apple tree and pay my debts. Another said, the man hoeing his garden was asked what he would do if he were suddenly to learn that he was to die at sunset that day. He said, I would finish hoeing my garden. Uh, to choose to be faithful in the little things. The young preacher once approached F.B. Meyer and asked how he could one day become as influential and well-known as Dr. Meyer. He responded, don't waste your time waiting and longing for large opportunities which may never come, but faithfully handle the little things that are always claiming your attention. Be faithful in those little things that keep claiming your attention. You know, let's look into the words of Jesus. Go ahead and turn to Luke 16. Luke 16 and verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, he will commit to your trust the true riches. And we talk about how you know money is not everything. And here we you know what Jesus says, yeah, you know what money is something very little. It's, it, 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 it's a small Thing. But if we are not even faithful in that, who's going to entrust unto us the true riches? If we're not even faithful in the little things that really don't matter a whole lot. He is faithful. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, Okay, being a steward, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. Okay, come on, you know what? Neither, only one of them is going to take priority. Okay, God's either going to be our priority or mammon. Money could end up being our priority, our end goal. God says, you know, you cannot serve both. But yet we see in this context, Jesus says, we ought to even be faithful in our finances. Be good stewards. Pay off debts that we may owe. Try not to gain debt again. But being faithful in what God has given us. And we want to begin with a long-term perspective. You know, when we see things in life and we're going to be faithful, we need to think long-term. You know, Ecclesiastes 7 8 says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. If you're going to be faithful over the decades, you must start right. An early long-term commitment makes all the difference. For instance, when I got married, I had a lifetime in 
They think, hey, I'll get married for a few years and then move on. You know what? Had the goal, you know what? This is going to be a lifetime commitment. And remember, and that will help keep you steadfast through the ups and the downs. Likewise in ministry here in Napa. We did not come here with a try and see mentality. We didn't come thinking, we'll try and see if it works out. You know, it's been some years where man, things went really well, and some seasons where things aren't weren't quite where we expected them to be. But you know what? We didn't come again just with a try and see mentality, but to be your wholeheartedly. Go through the good times and the difficult seasons. You know, beginning with a commitment to help shape our decisions and our and affects our approach. It makes room for long-term vision, provides the encouragement to stay through the ups and downs in life. Another tip: don't make major drastic decisions during low times. Don't make drastic decisions when you're going through periods of suffering and trial, unless you're absolutely sure in a decision that the Lord wants you to make. You know, like James 1 3 talks about knowing this in a trying of your faith work of patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upright of not, and it shall be given him. You know, that's where you know upright of not. That means, you know, there's times in our life where we've messed up, where we've made mistakes. You know, and God tells us, call out for wisdom. And God upbraids us not. He's not the one that's going to be like putting his finger in our face and say, Told you so. You screwed up, now you suffer. Now sometimes we do suffer from the consequences of the decisions we make. But when we call out for God, God isn't there just to try to remind us and hold us to our past. You know, and He'll give us wisdom to all men liberally. You know, you look at the life of Elijah in 1 Kings 19, that it's obvious he had low seasons in life. And it can dramatically change perspective. In these times, we should seek God's wisdom. We are wise to patiently allow Him to work in us before we make major life changes. Usually, the worst times to make drastic decisions are when you hit a low point in your life. Whether it be a low point in your finances, a low point in your job, your family, during these times of turbulence, we're often tempted to make a dramatic decision that will alleviate the pressure, but ends up being a big mistake. The wisest course of action is to hold fast to God's promises, trusting Him in His outcome. Wait on the Lord. Psalm 27:14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Times of Tyrion are not wasted times. Sometimes we just need to wait on God, to let Him work in our lives, 
to wait for him to confirm his leading in our hearts. And when we rush forward in our own agendas, however noble they may be, we set ourselves on a track of ministry in the flesh. The only way to sustain over decades is to wait on the Lord. You know, I wonder, Jesus said to Martha that Mary had chosen the better part. That instead of always being too busy working and serving, that there is a time to just wait at the Master's feet. To just sit there in adoration of our Savior and to seek Him out for His will in our life. And He'll give us the peace that will rule in our hearts. Another thing to be faithful to is in times of need, seek counsel. The Bible says, wherefore no counsel is, the people fall. But the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But a multitude of counselors, they are established. Getting counsel is a humble acknowledgement that I don't know all the answers and that I need input from people who have been there before. Biblical counsel helps give stability and focus. Getting counsel can help in the sense that they, they could think more soberly because they're not currently in the same situation emotionally. Keep on persevering in that which is right. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Be faithful to give thanks. As a pastor, I find that I can be in the midst of a hundred ministry blessings and yet focus on the few current time difficulties, challenges, criticisms, when there could be so many other blessings. You know, sometimes the devil will try and use that to get down. And we're over here, you know, maybe you get excited, you know, someone just trusted in the Lord, or they're um, getting discipled, they're growing in their walk, but then there's just someone else that's just trying to tear things apart, and then you could get focused on that, when you know, we see it folks on being faithful to the Lord, and you know, let God take care of any type of issues there could possibly be. Every Christian could face this struggle. But we got to remember to be thankful so we're not consumed with the immediate negatives that may come our way. The great way of overcoming stress is to remember to give thanks for the blessings easily missed. Faithfulness does not happen automatically, though, or by accident. It's the result of a lifetime of daily decisions. Again, that accumulation of a lifetime. Now, we could often look in our life of people that we look at that have been faithful people. You know, I can think about people in our church, um, you know, that have been here in the past, um, who have been faithful um, day in, day out. One of them I think of is Daniel's parents, Glenn and Francis Miller. You know, they were here. 
faithfully serving in this church. Glenn was the faithful principal of the Christian school when there was a school here. He was a faithful deacon. Um, when we were going through a um, period of trial in the church, um, he came up to me and goes, Pastor, I'm 100% behind you. And he goes, correction, Pastor, I'm 99.9% behind you. No one deserves 100%. And then Frank said, well, I'll be that 0.1% behind you, and that makes 100%. But Glenn was faithful. His wife, Frances, had served as a church secretary, served as a Sunday school teacher, was the helper in many aspects. They were both faithful to the house of God. They were there Sunday. They were, they were there Wednesday. If we had church Thursday, they'd probably be there. You know, whenever we had a special meeting, they'd try to be there for every service. When I go to their home for a meal, before they pulled things out of the oven, they gathered around the table and would read a chapter in the Word of God. That was their tradition. Faithfully reading the Word of God before eating a meal. And you see that faithfulness has transferred on to their son, Daniel. And Daniel has been faithful. Ever, ever since I've been here, he was already been here being faithful, serving here. Faithfulness helps breed faithfulness. Notice the Bible says, said in our reading, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Be a faithful people to the Lord. Faithful in the good things. I went first a little bit, of course, otherwise I would have preached faster and it would have been done already. But we're done now. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and um, take a few minutes of a break and then we're going to be having our business meeting. So if you just kind of you come all on this side over here, um, that way when I'm down there, I'm not having to to turn my head too far and 